Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. All right, everybody, you know where you are, you know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about pork. We're going to talk about being a pig. And if you were ever one of my students, you will know this is one of my favorite things that you can do as a real estate investor. And by pig, I mean professional information gatherer. That is somebody who goes out and makes it their mission to find out as much as they can about a particular problem so that they can come up with multiple ways to solve the problem. That's called being a pig. I've been using that. I stole that from him years ago. I've been using it ever since. And I can't tell you how many times this mindset, this mentality, being a pig has helped me put deals together, has helped me get deals over the finish line, has helped me ask for the business, ask for the sale, ask for the closing. It's because I was focused on being a pig. Here's how this works. When you get to know people and you get to know their situation, you are much better and able to help them. Now, I used to, when I was a real estate investor before, I didn't really think too much about helping people. I was thinking more about, I need to get this deal under contract, right? I want to get this thing to the closing table. I want to move on, move on to the next deal. And I realized that I had a hard time closing. I could hammer somebody and be a, you know, try to play tough guy or whatever, and maybe get a, a deal over the finish line. But at the end of the day, it didn't leave a good feeling in my stomach. I didn't like doing business that way. I wanted to add value to people. I legitimately wanted to solve problems. How do you become a problem solver? Well, Here's the thing. If you don't know a problem exists or you're not aware of what problem exists, you're going to have a very difficult time, if not impossible, trying to solve it. If you take the time to focus on other people in the deal as to what their needs are and what their problems are, you will find that you can usually find some sort of a middle ground to get you over the finish line. What does that look like? Well, let's take, for example, your average broken down house. Front yard is, you know, waist deep in grass. There's garbage. There's an old, old Chevy sitting out in the yard with you know, flat tires in the whole nine yards. Guy's got a problem. He's got garbage in his yard. And I guess in some places, maybe in West Virginia. That's not a big problem, but in most of the areas across the country, that would indicate some sort of an eyesore. There's some reason why people let their yard go to, go to hell. It could be that maybe they got injured. Maybe they got sick. Maybe there's a death in the family. Maybe they've had a big financial downturn in life. Maybe they never had a financial upturn in life. Could be anything. The bottom line is this though. What you got to understand is that there are always people around you in all neighborhoods and all walks of life that have problems. They're not going to necessarily wave a big red flag saying, hey, look at me. I've got a problem. You're going to have to go out and find these people. And how do you do that? Well, you put out to the world, to the people that'll hear you, to the people that'll have you, that you're a person that solves problems. See, this is how I got my business off the ground. It was by becoming known as the guy that solves problems in the Tampa Bay real estate market. I was considered the real estate problem solver. People came to me when they had something unique, something that you know they didn't really necessarily feel like putting on the MLS because they didn't want to deal with a realtor. Or maybe they they needed a realtor with a special set of skills and I would do the work. I was the grinder. I would do the work to find the right people to help them get the thing under contract and get it closed. When you do that and you make a, a habit of being that problem solver, you're going to get a lot more deals done. You're not going to be standing there at the real estate meeting wondering why you can't find a deal anywhere. The reason why you can't get a deal will become obvious to you. You're going to have to get better at solving problems. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, to some people that means sitting them down on, under a bright white light. Okay. So what does it mean to be a real estate problem solver? Well, it depends on who you are. But for me, it does not mean that you're going to put them in a dark room and you're going to stand behind a heat lamp and you're going to start drilling them full of questions because how are they going to react, right? If people feel like they're getting bombarded with questions or their their uh, privacy is being invaded, they're not going, they're going to claim up. They're not going to want to talk to you. Instead, think of it like dating. And I've said this on the, over the years on the podcast, but I, I can't begin to stress how important this is to know them 
And I know you're like, I don't have time for that, Tyler. I just got a good deal. Move on to the next one. Well, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to keep spinning your wheels. So instead, ask them, hey, let's say you walk into somebody's property and you, you know they, you sent them the postcard. They responded to the postcard. They did the, how did you get my information? And then you, of course, responded back to them and told them how you got their information. You made an appointment. You go out there and you go to talk to them and everything is perfect in this house. I, you walk in there and you're like, the owner of this house looks like this is in the Scarface movie, big mansion, bubbling waterfalls, the whole nine yards. There's obviously nothing wrong here. That becomes your mindset. You're like, well, this guy has no problems to solve. He wants full retail for his house. You're thinking this because everything's nice and tidy and the whole nine yards. Well, in reality, maybe the guy had a business venture go south. Maybe he's behind on his income tax. Maybe he's, I don't know, in the middle of, of, foreclosure on that house. Could be a million different reasons what went wrong. Maybe he was one of the businesses that got whacked with the um, coronavirus. Maybe he's part of the mortgage. Maybe he was a mortgage broker that instead of rolling with the punches and getting through this little hiccup we just had recently, they decided to freak out and panic. Could be a million different reasons why they want to sell their house, but folks like that, are want they want to fly under the radar. Okay, They don't want to put a billboard on the side of their house that says, I made a mistake, or I did something dumb, or I'm in trouble, because then they know the wolves are going to come out. So when people get attracted to you, when they start to know and believe and trust that you are that person that's going to be able to solve their problems, the way you're going to arrive there is only because they trust you. Okay, They're not just going to randomly pick you out of the grocery store and go, that guy looks like he could help me in my real estate problem. No, that's not how it's going to work. You're going to take time everywhere you go to talk to people. Let's say you're in line at Home Depot, for example, and the guy behind you in line has got five gallons of drywall mud and 10 gallons of paint, and it's all stacked up. And you can tell he's a clean cut dude, just fresh off the golf course. Probably not the kind of guy you think is going to have any skill doing drywall or whatnot. You strike up a conversation and go, looks like you got your weekend full. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, drywall's not my thing. I sure hope I didn't buy too much or I hope I bought enough. Or And you start going back and forth. And you find out that his kid is in high school. He's a teenager and they had a party while they were on vacation and the kid's friends trashed the house and kicked holes in the walls and all that stupid stuff that kids do. How do I know this? Well, because I was one. <laughs> I've actually been that. Of course, my father made me go to the Home Depot or the hardware store and buy my own damn materials. But you know, this is 2020. It's a kinder, gentler nation. So the parents go bail the kid out of trouble. Guy's standing there telling you all about this thing's trashed, right? And maybe he inherited the house. Maybe it was his mother's house. And they were just getting ready to fix it up to sell it until his kid and their punky friends came and decided to trash the place like some high schoolers do. Well, he's got a problem. And when you turn him loose with that five-gallon bucket of drywall mud, he's the kind of guy that's going to have an even bigger problem because you thought you had a mess before he got started. Now bring a guy out there that's more used to carrying a briefcase than he is a a, uh, drywall knife. He's going to trash that drywall job, which is going to get worse, which is going to cost him even more money to hire the right person to come and take care of it. So you can see right there, you've got what you call a problem. This is where you can have a conversation with them and say, hey, you know, I'm not saying I could do this, but if I could, what if I could eliminate you having to do this drywall work? What if you didn't even have to get dirty today? Matter of fact, what if you just walked right over there to that, to that display of Traeger grills and you walked home with a brand new Traeger today? He's just like, my wife will kill me if I go home with a Traeger today. But would she kill you if you didn't pay for it? He's like, tell me more. Now you start having dialogue. What you did there basically was a pattern interrupt. You got his attention. Well, I'm not saying I could do this for sure. Of course, there's a lot we have to to discuss. However, my name is Tyler Sheff, and I'm a guy that helps people solve their real estate problems. Sounds to me like hanging sheetrock and doing drywall mud today is not probably the highest and best use of your time. Is that fair to assume? He'll tell you, hell yeah, I'd much rather be in the golf course. Great. Well, I have a team of people that work for me that renovate houses and I buy houses that need work and I fix them up and resell them for a profit. And since you have to be standing here on a Saturday, on a beautiful Saturday morning, what if I made an offer to take possibly take this property off your hands? Now you got the dialogue going. Now you're being a professional information gatherer. That's when you get into the conversation about how long have you had the house? Where'd you get it from? It, you know, Tell me about your, was your mom's house. Is, did you grow up here? Or was this an intermediate house? What kind of work has she done? Done to it. 
you start having the dialogue. Now, I'm not expecting you to whip out a napkin and, and buy it right there in the Home Depot parking lot. By any means, I'm not, I don't expect that at all. But what I do expect is that now you have an opening. Now you have something to talk about. You get in there, you roll up your sleeves, and you have a good old-fashioned conversation. You see, when you strike up these conversations with good people, you don't have to hump their leg trying to get them to sell their property at 60% of ARV minus repairs and your wholesaler commission. You don't have to do any of that. But what you do have to do is ask them questions that matter, that are going to help you put together an offer that makes sense, and are going to solve this problem for them. And when you ask them these questions, and you don't have to be tricky or ask them, quote unquote, the, the right questions, but what you do need to do is ask enough questions, your questions, not off a script, but your questions, so that you can completely understand the situation as best as possible. A couple of things like th that I would think about is off the top of my head. Well, if he inherited it from his mother, why didn't he sell it right away versus hold it right now? Why are they just now putting it on the market versus six months ago when she died? Maybe it's a he's having a hard time letting it go. Maybe there's an emotional attachment. You see, these emotional attachments and all these factors will help play into how you structure the offer. I have had people sell me their properties strictly because they know that I'm going to take good care of it and that we're not going to come in there and do a bunch of ragtag garbage work and turn it into a, a pit and, or because they have lived in a neighborhood where I've owned other rentals and they know that I take really good care of my tenants and that we are very strict with our tenants and you don't get to move into our place and throw a couch in the front yard. That doesn't work. We're very strict about how our places look on the outside and the inside. So people that live in our, in the neighborhoods where we own our buildings love having us there. And frankly, we pick up the phone and call us when they have another landlord's like, hey, that guy over there, that little sixplex, he's kind of a slumlord and I heard he's having a hard time. His wife just left him or, you know, his kid ran away or whatever the situation may be. Other owners, homeowners in these neighborhoods reach out to us because they know, they see that we're going to solve problems for them. And when you get that reputation, you get a lot more deals done. You don't have to work as hard for each lead. Now that we're living down in the Florida Keys, it's a whole different world down here. And when you live in this environment, what you see is differences, Okay. Big time, you see differences. Lots of great people that live here, also lots of great people that come down here and visit, but I see one huge difference. I can tell who lives here versus who's visiting because the people that live here, they're kind of chillaxed. Everything's fine. They don't get upset. We don't have any of the Facebook feed garbage or Twitter that you see going on. People are just doing their business, going out on the boat, you know, going down to the beach, going, checking stuff out, having a good time, relaxing. People are automatically more chill down here than they are everywhere else in the country. This is a great place for us to hang out and chill out until everybody pulls their head out of their ass. That said, when people come from out of town, it's almost as if they're waving a flag because they're tense, they're uptight, they're usually got a bunch of flash and show. And around here, you know, people don't, people never wear shoes. People wander around, do their thing. The guy that has five bucks to his name hangs around with the guy that has 50 million bucks to his name. That's just how things happen down here. It's a very relaxed environment. But how do you get stuff done? Well, they call it the Coconut Telegraph, which actually the Coconut Telegraph, besides being a Jimmy Buffett song, is also the name of a local newspaper. It's more of a um, a, a word, a description for how news travels. That's, that was the, the gist of Jimmy Buffett's song back in the 70s, uh, here on the Coconut Telegraph. You would... You know, a guy down in Key West has got to try to get rid of his John boat. And a guy in Marathon down in Florida Keys happens to need a John boat, one that can handle crab traps. And people just talk amongst each other and have good conversations and solve problems and deals get done. Now I'm learning already I've been able to trip over the super secret highway of real estate opportunity down here just by talking to people hanging out at sunset, drinking a beer, you know, in, in your bare feet, knee deep in the water, watching the, the lightning you know, break way out in the middle of the ocean out there, just kind of chilling out, having a good old time, being a normal, respectable person, not getting into politics, just having a great old conversation. So that's automatically a conversation starter. And the more I learn, the more opportunity, 
over my feet. And I start having conversations. The next thing you know, there's guy they, they they do have multifamily down here, and they buy it for different reasons down here. A lot of times, they buy it for appreciation. And there's all kinds of grant programs down here to get affordable housing for the waiters and waitresses and all that good stuff. But you see, when I have questions, I start asking these questions, like you know, how do people afford to live down here? And what? And then I shut up and listen for the answer. And what I find out is that well, the average American is in affordable housing, maybe, or maybe there's four, five, six people sharing a house, or Maybe if you work for the state, you get you get free housing, depending on what your job is with the state. This is good information to know, guys. This is all about being a pig. We were we have friends now we've made over at the, at the Florida Park Service and uh, federal or the Fish and Wildlife, and people in county government and the local elected officials and whatnot start talking to these people and getting to know them when, at our property up in Cedar Key up in the west coast of Florida up there in the woods. I'm not trying to play politics. What I am doing is trying to learn what's going on around me so that I can take that information, leverage that information to number one, solve problems, and number two, grow my portfolio. I know that a lot of you think that you wish you could buy an app on your phone that will automatically put out all the mail pieces you want and it's a calculated risk that so many are going to call you and they're going to roll over because you got this fancy app or whatever. And they're going to call you and say, please take my house because after all, that's what the guy on YouTube said. But it's not that way, guys. It's not that way. For you to start putting deals together that make sense, you're going to have to go out and start talking to people. You're going to have to learn how to be that, prof that professional information gatherer to make that so. I assure you that if you go out there and simply be yourself and be genuinely interested in what people have to say, which I know for a lot of us is a challenge. Sometimes people are yammering on and I'm like, oh my God, will they never shut up? Take the time to get out there and talk to a total stranger about nothing to do with real estate whatsoever and take small little steps towards learning more about another human being. Give it a shot. Nobody will even know that you're practicing your game, that you're getting better at learning how to talk to people, that you're getting better on converting leads. If you truly are looking to escape the rat race, you want to get some more rental property, you want even if you want to go flip houses or you want to be a wholesaler, doesn't matter. There's no in-a-box system out there. Nothing exists out there that's going to do it all for you. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to take the time to get uncomfortable and talk to people and learn more about them. And when you become a student of other people and you make that your practice to become a student of other people, what's going to happen is an amazing thing. You're going to learn a lot. And when you learn a lot, you're going to accomplish a lot. You're going to do a lot. And then you're going to get over that finish line. Guys, a lot of weird stuff going on right now, everywhere in the country, everywhere in the world. Things are topsy-turvy. Things are all over the place. But I assure you this, there still exists opportunity in every market. Up, down, in between, sideways. Please don't go out there and make rash decisions right now. Be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Find another human being and listen to them. And then think about after the conversation when you've listened to them what you took away from it. And if you don't think that you know enough information, you know what's cool about that? There's another human being out there somewhere that you can talk to and have a deeper conversation and a deeper conversation until you master the art of being a pig. Guys, Hope you have a great week, and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.